Welcome to the Human Resources for Small Business Podcast, presented by Zenium HR. I'm your host, Brandon Laws. Whether you're an HR professional or a small business leader, each episode of this podcast is designed to bring you the latest in technical HR and leadership at your convenience. More content is available on our website at www.zeniumhr.com. Let's dive into today's topic. Welcome to the HR for Small Business podcast. This is your host, Brandon Laws. Today I'm with Selena De La Cruz. She is a project manager at WorkShare, and we are very glad to have her. Welcome, Selena. Hi, Brandon. Thank you. So today we're going to talk about WorkShare. Uh, this is your world. Can you explain to listeners what WorkShare is, how it might benefit businesses as well? Well, the idea is that employers who are facing a potential layoff situation can tap into their payroll taxes to help subsidize staff pay when work hours are reduced via part-time unemployment benefits. And is this, uh, is this Oregon-based only? Do other states have something like this? Are you familiar with any of that? Yes, actually. There are 27 total states that have work share programs or shared work programs or short-time compensation, which is what it's otherwise known as. Uh, And Oregon is one of the lucky 27. So you had mentioned that this is a payroll tax thing. So can you explain, like maybe dive in a little deeper about how this works, how it's kind of set up? Maybe start with employers and we could talk about employees as well. Yes. So basically... You reduce the hours of three or more employees by 20 to 40%, and then that reduction is matched by a corresponding percentage of their would-be full unemployment benefit. So instead of laying off an entire subsection of staff, they just reduce their hours by 20 to 40%. Instead of laying them off 100%, they're just going to have basically a part-time work schedule, but are they going to get paid like they're... 100% 100% worker through the WorkShare program. How does uh, what what is the how does the employee feel? Uh, what what impact do they have? Well, that's actually a great question, Brandon, because it helps with the work life balance for one. Mm. Let's say you have a single mom who is paying that extra money for childcare. This is a voluntary program, so it's fairly flexible. But typically, the way that these program works is that an employee gets to keep their jobs. Employers retain talented staff and avoid the high costs associated with rehiring and training when the market picks up again, and they need their full team at full hours again. So what this does is it allows them to subsidize a portion of their wages with unemployment benefits under the same matching 20 to 40%. So if the hours of an employee are reduced 20%, then they would be receiving unemployment benefits of 20% of what their total weekly benefit amount would have been. So they're not getting the total weekly benefit amount. They're getting 20%. Whatever their reduction in hours is, they're getting that percentage of their unemployment benefit. So in my mind, the the difference between a program like this and just straight like unemployment claims by an employee would be, for one, they don't, like with un- traditional unemployment, they just don't work for the company anymore. Uh, and in this case, in WorkShare, they're they're getting to keep their job. And so from a culture standpoint, it might help the morale a little bit instead of like laying off a portion of the workforce. Now they're actually keeping the employees. Is that kind of how I understand it? Yes. They get to keep those employees. 
so they don't have to worry about paying to rehire people, retrain them. I mean, that also incurs additional costs for the employer. And a great benefit for employees is that even though they have a reduction in hours, they get to maintain health and retirement benefits. That's part of the requirement that the, employee, the employer has to certify to to be able to participate in this program. Interesting. How does, from an employer standpoint, how does this differ from the unemployment? Like, how are they, what's the impact going to be? They're already paying for in, in taxes, I imagine. So how, how does this impact their, their UI rating? Are there any additional costs? Basically, is there any downside to doing something like this? There's always a downside to, to every part of the program, but it's just like with traditional layoffs. It's going to impact their tax rate the same way that a traditional layoff would impact their tax rate. But you also have to consider that the employer has um, an experience rating based on their historical and or experience of their, their tax account. So those can vary based on a number of items. So we can't say that, you know, ABC company is going to only see an impact of 5.5%, whereas XYZ company is going to see an impact of 1.2%. We can't be that specific because it really is a case-by-case basis Mm -hmm. taking into consideration their account as a whole. Can you walk us through a scenario where maybe a certain type of employer would be perfect for this program and in cases you've kind of seen like are they is it where they're laying off a huge amount of people and then this is another option for them or is it you know i'm going to lay off about five people and now i could use this workshare program to keep those jobs but just kind of reduce the hour like how does it what, what's the typical employer that you see with this Well, I I don't know if you'd actually call it a typical employer per Mm. se. What we're trying to do with the WorkShare program is show all employers from all different kinds of industries that this is a potential for them to utilize. Let's say that they have a reduction in their workforce because they normally are just constantly popping out a product, and that product, that demand just isn't there. So they have to either lay off their staff or they have to reduce hours. When you lay off staff, the staff don't get their benefits anymore unless they've applied for COBRA or something of that nature. Whereas with this, the great part of it for employees is that they get to retain the health and retirement benefits. They don't have to do the actively seeking work, which is part of a normal claim for unemployment insurance benefits. They just have to be available to their work share employer, and that's a benefit to the employer. They know that that staff must stay available to them. So when work picks up, they can call them back and say, okay, we're ready to go at full speed again. It sounds like this really ebbs and flows really nicely with supply and demand issues that a business may run into. So with that said, is this program really nimble from the standpoint of like, it doesn't need a lot of lead time, you can get people on and off the program really fast? Is there anything employers should be aware of when it comes to just entering the program or exiting with certain employees? No, that's the great thing about this. That's part of our streamlined new enhancements to the program is that we really took a look at it. We talked to employers that have participated in in the program and we asked, what can we do to make this better for you? So we streamlined the forms. It's not just super paper intensive for the employer anymore. What we've done is without doing a full-on modernization of the program itself, we've created fillable PDF forms that are available on our website. We've allowed for e-signature capability, so they can just attach it to an email, send it to us through our secure email, and uh, we can get it done all through an electronic 
capacity rather than through faxing and mailing. And, and we all know that you know when you mail something, it could not show up at all. Or when you fax something, you might receive a confirmation, but it might have gone to the wrong phone number. I mean, any number of things could have happened with those things. With email, we have confirmations that they've been delivered. They can show us their sent folder. I mean, there's just so many different things that we've tried to do to really make this a more ease-of-use, user-friendly, and streamlined program. How many employers would you say are on this program in Oregon? If you could even guess. Well, I could guess, but I'll tell you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you actually know. That's good. <laughs> I, I, yes, I do. I actually do a data set every month just to kind of see where we're at actively. And that's part of why we're doing this is because we have 172 active workshare employers in the state of Oregon. And that's a drop in the bucket in comparison to how many employers there are in the state of Oregon. Yeah. And like I said, part of the biggest pieces of feedback that we've received is that employers had no idea that this program existed. So they lay off their entire staff and suddenly they have all of these people that have left, looked for work elsewhere, and they have to rehire new people, creating additional monies that they have to spend to rehire, retrain, go through the HR process, all of that. Yeah, just like acquiring a new customer is very expensive. Acquiring a new employee that's really good at what they do is also very expensive. And and I think like right now, as unemployment is very low, you're having supply issues with talented employees. So I could see how a program like this would be amazing is that you always have kind of this ready pool of people that are you're able to hang on to. And is that what you're seeing with a lot of the employers that you have uh, on this program? Yes, absolutely. Because you take somebody that's been in that field for 15, 20, 30 years, and you're having to rehire somebody into that position that only has experience of a year, I mean, that's obviously going to be a difference in how they do their work and how they have to perform and how they're retrained. I mean, there's so many different things that are involved in that because you, it, it's really about uh, loyalty because employers want to be able to maintain that loyalty and they want to be able to reward it by saying, you know what, you've been with us for 15 years. I'm not going to lay you off. We're just going to reduce your hours by 20 to 40%. Still going to give you health and retirement benefits. As long as you're available to me, you don't have to do the um, work search option that is normally mandatory for a regular unemployment insurance claim. What employees, if any, are off limits to this program? I mean, hourly employees, exempt employees, are, 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 is everybody available to participate in this program? Yes and no. Everybody is able to apply for the program as far as employers go because employers are the ones that apply for the plan to participate in this program. It is, like I said, a voluntary program, so it is completely optional for employees. Um, and we do find that some employees who decide to participate are thrilled at the opportunity to spend more time with their families or whatever it is that they do to find a work-life balance. So the fact that the program is optional only emphasizes that. So as far as what the employer's or employees that are off limits. Uh, typically, it's seasonal workers, uh, ones that know that they're going to have a reduction in their work at any given time during the year or the same period of time every year. So they can still apply. And like I said, we take those things case-by-case -case basis. But in most cases, seasonal employers um, would not be eligible. And, and just to be clear, employers are the ones that are driving this program, meaning you said it's optional. It's not necessarily optional for the employees. They don't like start the program or engage with it. The employer would work with you, uh, set up the program, and then the employee could then choose to like b basically leave or uh, participate in the program. Is that is that kind of how I understand it flowing? 
Yes, it's an employer-based program, so the employer really drives it by they have to apply for it. They have to uh, discuss with their employees who would be willing to participate in the program. Then they're included on our participant list. That participant list can change from week to week, but when they start the plan, it has to have a minimum of three employees participating in the mm -hmm. plan, and then that can change from week to week. And plans are good for up to one year, but must be reapplied for after that time. So meaning an employer can participate for a year, but they'd need to renew it at the year? Yes. And they, could they do it in perpetuity, like forever? Yeah, they could do it forever if there was a need for it. But that's still with the quantifier that they're not, you know, a seasonal employee. Because if they know that every year they're going to be reducing yeah. their workforce, um, that's typically um, a red flag that they're a seasonal worker. And we start looking into those cases. But yes, they, they could ideally, they could reapply every year if there was a need for it. Have you been with the, this, the WorkShare program ever since it started? Like, when did it start and what was the purpose of it originally? And, and do you guys think that the mission is kind of making its way through even to today? The program has actually been around since 1983. So it's oh, been wow. around for a, a long time. time. Yeah. Yes. And so what happened is we received a grant from the U.S. Department of Labor to be able to improve and promote this program. And as part of the improvement of the program, we ran it through our Lean Six Sigma to make it more efficient. Mm -hmm. And one of the things that changed was it went from a one-person team. Oh, my gosh. Oh, I feel bad for that person. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Well, and imagine in 2012 when we hit that low point, yeah. We had over 800 plans during that time, and one person bringing all of those claims in, processing them, um, handling them every weekly claim. Yes. So as part of the Lean Six Sigma, we streamlined it to a unit. So we now have a unit called the UI Special Program Center that processes claims, that works with our employees. They're really subject matter experts, and they're amazing. They're great at what they do, and the turnaround time for them to get back to people is really quick. And I know that a lot of people have a bad taste in their mouth when it comes to government. We're trying to be an advocate for them, for their success, to keep them operating in business, to keep them to where they have those loyal employees. We want them to be successful because ultimately that's a success for Oregon. So for the employers that are on the program, do you, are, are you feeling like they have a very positive experience? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, there's been some growing pains with some of our new forms, but one of the bigger enhancements that we did was that an employer, let's say they have 300 employees. Previously on the program, they had to submit a weekly certification for every single employee, and it was one certification per employee. So if oh, they had no. 300 employees, they had to submit 300 certifications every single week. Oh my we made a change to that to make it more efficient for them. So we have two formats available. We have an Excel spreadsheet and we have a PDF fillable form. So they can add as many employees as they need to on one form, however many pages that ends up taking, and submit that without having to submit one separate one for each individual employee, which would be 300 certifications. So it sounds like you're making HR managers a lot happier nowadays with the streamlined, efficient processes. <laughs> yes, yes. We've actually, um, I've worked with employers as part of payroll tax in, in some of my previous roles. And I really wanted to make sure that we listen to employers, that we listen to employees. What can we do for you? What can we do to make this easier for you and not seem so much like a government program that, mm. that people tend to hear about? 
we want them to be successful because ultimately that puts money back into the economy, that puts money back into Oregon, that does great things. We all know that. And so we want to be advocates for that. And so as part of that, I will actually be going around to the state to different employers and different organizations and doing presentations and walking them through being compliant and making sure that they're getting the full benefits of the WorkShare program and that they understand the requirements involved in that and making sure that they're communicating with their employees and that they all know what the plan is because ultimately this is going to be something that they're going to have to, you know, come to terms with as far as uh, learning what the processes are. And our hope is that we can let them go move towards that after we've educated them and let them know how to be successful as part of this program. And that's really what our, our main point is. Let us help you be successful in the WorkShare program. It sounds like you, you've really brought a lot of awareness to the program. Employers are, are really liking it. What about the employees? What kind of reception are the employees sort of feeling with, with this program? Do they even really know it exists? Like, yeah, what, what's kind of the overall feeling? Well, that's, that's a great question, Brandon, because actually as one of the questions in our application for an employer to apply for the WorkShare program, they have to identify a plan to let their employees know about the program and that they're going to be participating in it. Now, obviously, you have a little bit of nervousness from employees because, you know, you hear about a reduction in hours and suddenly they start thinking about layoffs and what are they going to do for money and, you know, bills. You know, we understand that home life because all of us have a home life. Really what we're trying to do with them is to make sure that they're not only being educated about the program, the requirements and the benefits, but they're educating their staff because it's important that the employer and the employee always maintain communication throughout this process. And beyond that, it's standard business practice. You want to maintain communication with your employee so you know what's going on. If the employee has decided that they don't want to participate in the program anymore, they're going to go work for an employer where they're going to get 40 hours a week or plus, then you have to uh, communicate that to the employer so they can have you removed from the plan. Um, and those things are very easy. It's just a quick little form. Add that person to that list. Send it on over to us, and we'll remove them from the plan. Turnaround time is fairly quick. Earlier in the discussion, I'd asked you if this was a, just an Oregon-only program, and, and maybe the name WorkShare is specific to Oregon. But it sounded like th- this is funded in part by the federal government, in a way, like the, through the grant. So there's, I think you said 27 other states are running a program like this. We have a lot of listeners across the nation for this podcast. And I, I think some of them are probably listening to the discussion saying, wow, this, this sounds like a really good program. How do I learn about it in my state? Do you have any information about like how to go about you know searching for a program like this in other states? So WorkShare is known as three different names. Mm. Uh, one of them is WorkShare. One of them is shared work, not to be confused with actually sharing one job, which tends to happen. Job job share, yeah, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. It's also known as short-time compensation, which is the federal terminology for it. Uh, Department of Labor has a website that has short-time compensation on it, and you can actually see what 27 states are participating in work share. Fantastic. Well, hey, before we we wrap up, I wanted to kind of give you the last word. Anything you want to say about the program as we kind of part ways here? Absolutely. If people want to learn more about the program or they just want an over, overview, 
we would love for them to go to our new streamlined reorganized website at www.oregonworkshare.org and they can check out videos that we've just put up there recently. They're brand new. We've had them done in the last two months that really give program overview, frequently asked questions, some infographics. It's got some great information. You guys are doing an amazing job of marketing the program. I, I would not have suspected uh, a, a government agency would be doing that kind of innovative marketing. That's, that's great. And as a consumer, I looked at our website and the long URLs that you tend to see on government agency websites are clunky at best. Yeah. And it's very difficult to talk to somebody over the phone and try to give them a URL when it's 64 plus characters long. <laughs> so <laughs> I understand their pain. So OregonWorkShare.org.net and .com have all been purchased for us to be able to utilize for the WorkShare program and to make it easy to remember and easy to get to. Amazing. Selena De La Cruz, Project Manager at WorkShare, thank you for joining the podcast. We appreciate it. And you educated me quite a bit on the program. I, I knew very little about it. So thank you for walking me through the entire program and giving me all the details. Appreciate it. Thank you for the opportunity, Brandon. I really appreciate it. Thanks for listening to the Human Resources for Small Business podcast. Subscribe to this podcast and leave us a review on iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Also, be sure to check out our blog at www.zeniumhr.com forward slash blog and follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and LinkedIn to hear about the latest in HR and leadership. The information on today's episode is for educational purposes only and should not be taken as legal or customized advice for you or your organization. This podcast is hosted and fully produced by Brandon Laws, that's me, and created and owned by Zenium Resources, Inc. For more information or to contact us, visit www.zeniumhr.com. <laughs>